Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have another amazing musician, uh, and he's got some other stories to tell about uh, the the beer world and just kind of coming up locally, playing at New World Brewery. Uh, he's got several acts that he's involved in. There's the Path of Increased Indifference, which I love that title, but I wanted to make sure that I stuck the landing and saying it. And then he also t- does stuff uh, solo, and I b- believe you've been involved in a number of other bands either in production or other things like that. Is that true? Um, I've, I've played a little bit. I haven't really played in a lot of bands in Tampa since right. I moved here. Um, how long have you been here? Um, about 20 years. I moved here in like 99. Okay. Where'd you come from? Maine. Maine. Mm. You're my first Maine dude. All right. I get tons of North New York people. I, I get tons of Syracuse, Rochester. So Maine, I don't know if I've ever met anybody born in Maine before. Tell me about Maine. Oh, you can't get there from here, buddy. <laughs> um, big family, small family, really big family. Yeah. What is what is Ogden? Is that what, what nationality is that? What um, I don't really know exactly. That's my stepdad's oh, okay. uh, family name, and um, I think it's. Uh, I I looked up like online, just being a kid, being curious. Sure. I think it means like oak dwelling. It's some kind of European something oak dwelling that kind of works out in the whole. I, imbibement world, you know, kind of like a whiskey type of situation. I think so. I like it. Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, brothers, sisters, how many? I have um, two sisters from my um, mom's side of the family and two brothers from my dad's side of the family. Okay. And are you guys close? Um. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with my sisters. Right. And I, um, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of a, I don't know. Were they I, older or younger? Uh, both of my sisters are younger than me. My, um, brother, my stepbrother really, but, um, he's about a month or two months, two months older than me. I I feel like, and this is probably horrible for several reasons. The dream is to have older sisters and younger brothers. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how long were you in Maine? To um, what age? I lived in Maine until I was, I think I came to Tampa the first time when I was 18. What was in Tampa? Um, what brought you here that first time? Uh, my natural father is okay. from Tampa. Okay. What's his name? Andy Carpe. Okay. What's Carpe? Uh, Russian. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I can see that. I can see you got, you got, you got a, a look about you. All right. Um, now, Maine, is it what, what, cold most of the year? Half and half, four seasons. What I mean, you use words like hot and cold, and it's it's kind of like subjective, sure. right? Um, yeah. Like so, growing up, I thought that fifty degrees, forty five to fifty degrees, was kind of ideal, right? Like at forty five, I would start wearing shorts. Like <laughs> at forty, I was already thinking about it. You know, kind of. That's funny. I mean, my blood's thinned out a little bit or sure. a lot by now. Uh, as a kid, were you into music or were you into sports or what was your thing as a kid? Yeah, um, I played sports because I, you know, they wanted me to play sports. I, I wasn't really any good at sure. any sports. Um, I, I loved music. Um, I don't know. I went through like, you know, when I was a kid, like I would sing songs, make songs up to myself. Um, but I didn't really like most of the music that I heard. Right. Until I discovered like, like in the early nineties, I started discovering like hardcore and hardcore punk and metal and like, you know, all this shit from the 80s that was going oh, on. Right, and, yeah. 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 Um, can you remember some of those first punk hardcore bands that you were listening to? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're taught like really God, like a lot of Boston hardcore really sure. is like, like a lot of Boston hardcore is what really, really drew me in. And I have to kind of correct myself a little bit. Cause really like, I mean, the Jackson five, um, that cartoon they had back in the day. I mean, the that mouse? was like the, did, did yeah. Michael Jackson have a little friend that was a mouse? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I that, remember that show. I mean, like, like I don't know anybody that doesn't love the Jackson Five. I mean, Michael Jackson's a tough one for me because yeah, I guess I'm guessing we're about the same age. I'm around 45. How old are you? I'll be 44 in January. Yeah, so right about the same age. And I mean, he like I, the big four kind of were Michael Jackson, Madonna, Prince, and like Bruce Springsteen. I feel like they were ubiquitous on MTV. They were always around and like. Michael Jackson songs these days are like Christmas carols, like almost all of them. When they come on, you know, the words to them and can whatever such an amazing voice and all this other stuff. But then late stage, Michael Jackson just takes a huge shit on your whole <laughs> recollection. And this is something I, you know, I've had this conversation with people about Woody Allen, about Michael Jackson, about, um, I don't know if you're no or a fan of Ryan Adams at all, but, um, he, you know, he's, he's a pretty prolific kind of, Americana folk alt country guy and he's gotten into trouble with people lately and separating the 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 work from the from the artists you know I I always kind of have an ebb and flow on what I think about that um one argument that often pops into my head is most of my heroes probably a Facebook and Twitter and cell phones were around back then they would be going through all the same you know trauma that all these other people were they were just lucky enough to kind of age out of it before social media came about. Um, so Michael Jackson, Boston hardcore, and that's, that's where your sound was born. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, going to Boy Scouts, like the Boy Scouts leaders would listen to a lot of like, you know, classic rock or like Sabbath and Zeppelin sure. and all that shit. And I, you know, I kind of, you know, I was, I was, I was into it. When did um, you pick up an instrument? I didn't pick up an instrument until I was 15. Oh, wow. And and that was like, then it was like kind of on. Like, then it was like, you know, it's not just something that I like. It was like, I require this in my life. Was that a guitar? Yeah. What was it? Do you remember? Oh, um, it was like, I think it was a Samick. Um, okay. It was, I mean, it was a really, it was a really cheap guitar. Um, I really... I wanted to buy saved up money. I was like looking at them. I really wanted to buy a left hand guitar. Like, are you a lefty? My whole life, everything that I wanted to do, like I would try to do it left handed, and some adult would tell me, like, "Don't use that hand. You got to use the other hand." And it's really you know, it was like it was like all the way all the way up. And so finally, I'm going to the music store by myself, and I was like, "I want that one." He's like, "Are you?" are you left-handed? And like, that's how it always starts. It's like, well, what hand do you eat with? You know, what hand do you, I'm like, dude, just. And so I explained the whole thing to him and and he was like, if you've picked up everything else, right-handed, just buy a right-handed guitar. Just trust me. Like left-handed guitars are more expensive because they're left. Are they more expensive? Like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks or something. I don't know. I've never, I I took his advice and I bought a right-handed guitar. I just bought a cheap, shitty Samick. It was, you know, so right. how do you play today? Do you play left-handed or right-handed? No, I play right-handed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But do you think you're ambidextrous or, or at least at that time, did you think you were? No. I. So I learn new tasks as easily left-handed as I do right-handed. That's interesting. So like, you know, like, like um, chopsticks, I'm as good left-handed as I am right-handed because I switch back and forth depending on like That's table crazy. etiquette or, you know. That's um, interesting. I've never, I've never heard that or seen that before. I had a... 
John Nowicki in here and uh, watching him play guitar was a mind bender because he plays a right-handed guitar upside down, but he doesn't change the strings around. So he's playing all of his right. chords inverted. Well, I mean, inverted. It from looks the, that way. Well, looks, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I was like, is that tough for you? And he said, well, I don't know any other way. That's just how I learned to play guitar. Yeah. But I'm watching him hold these. I was like, oh, that would just kill me. That would just, my hand would freeze up within seconds. Um so I'm trying to go through my head, think of Boston hardcore bands. I'm thinking of like Slapshot and SSD or yeah. Uh, who are some of the other big ones? Like Tree, Sand Black Church, Stompbox. Okay. You've got like Six L Six. Like so many fucking awesome bands. How how, how what's what's the, how how far was Boston? Like what's is that close enough by that you can go into town and and see shows? Or from where I lived, it was probably a solid. I don't know, five or six hour ride. Um, That's tough. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to Boston very often, but right. but a lot of the like Sand Black Church um, Tree would come up to Maine all the time. Like they would drive up there, they would stop into Portland, and then they'd come up. I lived in Bangor, and we had this hardcore club outside of town uh, called the Penny Post. It eventually turned into Heavies, um, and it was just this all ages club in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it's what we did. Like, yeah. You know, when I first started going there, I had to sneak out of my house. I would sneak out. I had oil the hinge and the bulkhead door out back. And so I could like sneak out and push my car out to the end of the driveway and crank it out in the street. And like, so what were some of the early bands that you were in? Oh, uh, in, um, I played in a band called green sand. Um, I played in a band in the, in the nineties in Portland called the chill billies. Okay. Um, <laughs> we were like all over the place. In Portland. Uh, uh-huh. how long were you in Portland? Uh, like three years, maybe. How is Portland? I love that town. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got f- some friends there and I've always wanted to go, but never made it over that way. But it seems like it would be right up my alley. It's so like, I mean, I lived there in the late nineties. It's such a young town. Sure. You know, it's like everybody's, you know, it's, it's very like very progressive, very like, um, I don't know. And, and that's like coastal New England. Sure. Anyway. Right. But I mean, you know, it's like you know, racism or, or homophobia or like, you know, transphobia or like any of that. It's just not really like in Portland, that's not really a thing. I mean, it's not, I won't say it's not a thing, but it's not the predominant thing. You have to really search it out. Yeah. It's not the predominant thing. And if somebody is going to be a racist or a sexist or a homophobe or something, they're going to get called out. Like. I've been to San Francisco several times and every time I go there, I'm like, this is like a, this is like Disneyland or something. Like everybody's cool, low key. And I agree with, and I'm like, mm. I started to feel uncomfortable. I was like, I don't have anybody to rail against here. Like everybody's <laughs> on the same page. Yeah. Um, so how come only a couple of years in Portland? <laughs> um, it's, uh, I'm sorry. It's a re- relationship. There was yeah. a relationship thing. And I yeah. kind of like, it was, I, I had to, I, I kept, I kept falling back into this relationship that was actually a really, really healthy relationship, probably the, one of the healthier relationships that I've been in my life, except for she was a heroin addict. And, okay. Um, it was just a difficult that's, and I ended up. That's a tough up, one to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I'm just going to go farther than down the road. I'm going to go like all the way down, down the, the coast. Yeah. Yeah. The heroin just had a real rough go of it up there. I mean, you know, mm. that was a big deal in the, in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, all those acts that were there. You're fine. I mean, this is, <laughs> you're, you're good. Um, who's the guy, mother, was a mother love bone that died. And oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there was that was kind of a bad deal there. So you said you went all the way down the coast. Are we talking California or all the way to the other side of the country? No, uh, just down the East Coast. Okay, came back down to Tampa. Okay, I had you know I had decided I was like you know there's there's a a bunch of people in Tampa that I had met from visiting that you know I really dig that I haven't really got a chance to get to know very well. Um, let me just take the ride down. And so, so what year was this again? That was like 99. Okay. So you've been here for about 20 years? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you came down, did you play music down here right away or did that take a little bit of time to get into? Um, I did. I played a little bit. I was still um, going to church at the time. So I played like with the church. And, what type um, of church was it? it like a non-denominational um, yeah. Christian. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great thing about uh, religion is the music. I mean, there's there's a lot of great music roots can in religion. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Southern, you know, Bible Belt and a lot of Southern stuff. I mean, I can take or leave a lot of it, but the music's always, you know, pretty pretty amazing in, in some of these churches. Um, but you said you left the church. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did something happen specifically or just kind of aged out of it? or I kept studying and studying and kind of leaning into this like like um the crisis of faith is just a crisis of faith and that's like what like i so i kept stud trying to study my the more i studied the less i believed in any of that shit until sure. i was just like <laughs> this is like i just can't i can't buy it like, right. i just can't buy it right so theological seminary is is what what happened really okay. like studying it to to that point and i'm just like this does no, it's not for me. Now, were you writing music at that time too? Um, yeah, I've been writing music my like since I was a teenager. So, is there a losing your faith period of your music, like where you can th- th- hear it in the lyrics or, or that sort of thing? Or mm, I wouldn't say so. Okay, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think if anything, like I'm maybe really thinking back like there's there's really i think i think the losing my faith i i, I think maybe so and I, I didn't realize it but that was all like when i was still going to church like i think i you know if i think back on some of these songs there was that like when i was still trying to believe like it's definitely a paradigm shift you know i w- was raised in catholic school uh you know my parents were catholic and and i went to mass and all this other stuff but around the early 2000s uh, around the time I was in law school, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And it's funny because a lot of times when stuff like that happens, it drives people to religion. Mm-hmm. But in some weird way, shape or form, it drove me away from and never really gone back. I mean, my daughter goes to school and all that Catholic school. But um, it, it's 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 liberating and it's also terrifying, you know, because to a degree. Cause at one point it's like there's no one out there. There's no code or, or or whatever you know it's kind of mm-hmm. but at the same time that's the, that's also true and so you can you can kind of go either way with that yeah for me for me it was like the prayer aspect right like if if it's been a tough day and like some shit that i don't really like you know i don't have a therapist or like i you know it's like i don't want to tell like my partner or you know you don't want to put like some kind of you know maybe there's some kind of thing that you just you're you're not at liberty to speak with other people about like right not your story to tell, but it's way as heavy. Like, who do you? And so, um, you know, I started this practice where I started to, I like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing it again, but I'm just going to pray to me. Like, I'm well, just going to like, that's- like in my head or out loud or whatever, just in the shower, like think about my thoughts, like think through my stuff or like kind of. Well, 100%. I mean, you know, I, I'm a big fan of therapy and I uh, mm. oftentimes the solution 
to my problems doesn't come from the therapist saying, hey, this, right. that, or the other. It's me like hearing yourself, hearing myself say it. And I'm like, wait a second. Oh, okay. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's just a different form of meditation. You know, exactly. some people have a mantra, some people get quiet, some people hum, and you can just talk it out, talk it out with yourself. I think that that makes perfect sense. Um, so path of increased indifference. How did the, uh, how did the seed for that get planted? When did that come about? So Joel and Brendan, um, had this two piece band and okay. they were awesome. So Brendan, Brendan plays, um, guitar through a guitar amp and through a bass amp. Um, and he's got this amazing tone, yeah. um, with all that. And Joel lays into the drums and that's what they were is a badass two piece right. hard- hardcore band, like kind of math. Noise. I dig it like so much. Of- I, was, I was listening to it, and it's funny. I've, some of the songs that I was listening to, uh, I always use Dillinger Escape Plan as a point of reference. But um, who's singing on it? That's me. That's you. Mm. It sounded like uh, Lee Ving from uh, Fear. The, the, okay. The, 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 that, that, that was the, the vocals that I heard. I was like, this is badass. I'm always interested to hear what it is that people hear. Like, yeah. I have no idea. I can tell you who, I influ- who I'm influenced by, but I know that I don't sound like any of them. Who are so. you influenced by besides Michael Jackson and uh- – Oh, uh, voc- vocally, a lot of, a lot of like Jack Crandall from Sam Black Church and like kind of, a, a, you know, maybe a little bit of like, uh, Jonah Jenkins from, um, Only Living Witness. But I don't think I sound like either of them. I think I respect both of them too much to even like, if I catch myself, I would like back up. Like, There's even a little bit of like Matt Pike from High on Fire and even I can some see Lemmy, L- like a, some like, Lemmy in there too. I yeah. love all that. And yeah. I probably am influenced by a lot of things that I don't realize that, that more, shape my what i sound like but i just don't really like think about it now have you guys recorded full lengths it seemed like there was one full length that i saw in a number of eps does that sound right or yes yeah so we did um what was that 20 2018 um we did uh eight songs it was like a 22 22 and a half minute okay um then 2019 we just banged out like three songs real quick um Probably the next time I would imagine will be more of a full like tw- this whole year has been nothing. A but lost year, yeah. Not a lost year though. I mean, we started pre- we started practicing again in like you know I, I don't know August or so, um, but we were still zoom sure. zooming, but yeah. you know between each other and and um, I'm sure Brendan kept writing. You know, we kind of picked up where like I had some recordings. I would practice vocals on some stuff. I don't know if Joel was tapping things out or just listening to it, working it out in his head. Right. Like we were, you know, we were still talking with each other and keeping it in, in the front of our mind. Right. Um, so, you know, we've got, we've been practicing since August again and kind of work tightening, tightening these up and um, it'll probably be more of a full length. The first bunch of, bunch of stuff, like we recorded, I don't know how many, eight or 10 songs um, in the brewery at Tampa Bay Brewing Company. That's awesome. Um, we just went in there and brought Joel's um, recording equipment in there and um, pretty much released them like sort of two at a time on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, just each as individual tracks, um, but just as he got the mix, like, okay, here's two, here's two, here's two, until they were out there. Badass stuff. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I You sent it to me this week. It was last night or, or- – I think it was last night and I got the chance to listen to it today and I was really caught off guard because when you listen to local music, you know, there's very much a spectrum of what you can expect between sure. someone, you know, kind of is just figuring out recording for the first time or someone's like, you know, 
really on top of it. And and your guy's sound is killer. You know, another one that I, I wasn't too, too aware of until we, uh, recently was meat wound and uh oh dude i love those dudes oh so good and horsewhip and mm-hmm. uh you know elliot from uh wreath and vacancy and yeah i mean yeah that was the the first episode of your podcast i listened to was, yeah yeah so th- there's a really good scene here locally and, absolutely yeah and and i it, this is what one of the definite upsides to COVID is, and I and I've mentioned it before, but I think because national acts are not going to be able to tour as much uh, for years, that if you're going to want to go see live music, it's going to be local bands that aren't having to arrange big tours to come and play your town. So I feel like now is a time for local bands to really kind of get in the headspace of people more so than they ever did because. I, you know, everybody's dying to go to shows right now, especially like heavier shows. I hope so. I mean, I hope, I hope that it really, I hope it, it really works out like that. Like, um, of course, I mean, I would love to see the national, like the national tour. Well, for sure. Like, but, we all, we all want that, but, but like, we're not worried about them. They got, <laughs> well, I mean, I we are, but we're not, well, yeah. yeah. I, I I agree. I of course agree with what you're saying, but you know, if, if I'm rooting for the for the little guy, the local guy, that's oh no, I'm I'm a, I'm about it, and I hope I hope that like I would love to see the kind of scene that I experienced as a teenager, and I don't know what it was like around here because I wasn't here. I've heard that it was awesome um, in terms of like you know all kinds of shows, and I imagine there were a lot of Tampa bands playing and, and all this. Like I. Um, well, I mean, you had the death metal scene over in, you know, Clearwater, St. Pete, Tampa Bay, the Moore Sound deal. Um, there's definitely a, a few punk bands from St. Pete growing up um, that I remember. Tampa just had a lot of amazing shows. Like everybody that comes in here and tells me about like Iggy Pop at Tampa Theater and Bad Brains at the Cuban Club and Black Flag at the Cuban Club and all these other things. I'm like, oh, my God, any one of those would have been, you know, the end all be all. So. Um, but from a, from a local perspective, you know, w- the great thing about this podcast is getting to meet a lot of these people. It's introduced me to so much amazing music that I just had. No- and I, I'm a music guy. Like, I really am into music. But for some reason, there's like this barrier with local acts. I don't know. I don't know what it was, at least with me. And until kind of I got into this, I wasn't really aware of it. But now I'm just loving it. Um yeah, it's it's funny. Like I didn't, you know, I got married pretty quickly after I moved to Tampa originally, uh-huh. and I didn't, and I was just kind of like doing that, like go to work, go home, like doing the family life. I had no idea like what was going on until after I got divorced and found like like all of this, you know, time to do like, you know, what I'm like, whoa, there's a whole ass scene here. Like there's stuff for sure happening. Do you have kids? Like, I do. Okay, how old? Uh, they're 11 and 15. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I, my, mine are, mine are two and six. So, so my daughter just recorded her first. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I took her into, um, Atomic Audio and recorded with Frank, who did our last two sure. recording sessions over there. Um, yeah. He, he captured her and her uke. Um, very it's, cool. I'm super, super proud of her. Yeah. Oh, I would be too. I would, can only imagine my daughter singing and playing ukulele. It would well, be and like, like, just like working out her problems. Like, you know, you, you know what it's like, you know, being a teenager. It's like, you know, we've all been there. Right. It's, it's the, everything weighs heavily on you when you're a teenager. Well, you know, um, her 15, it's like, oh, there's a global pandemic. And by the way, we live in Florida and Florida is like, nope, I don't believe in it. We're yeah. not doing it. We're yeah. not like, we're going to. La 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 la. <laughs> right. Um, and they live here locally? They do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so she's working her stuff out like in song, you know, just like you got a feeling like write a song. Right. Now you're also, or at least were there, I, I saw uh, the one show you, you sent me from a new old brewery doing some solo stuff. Yeah, I did. Um, um, I played a couple of um, some friends of mine, David Waterman and Charlie Doan put together this thing called the Love Doctor, Pre- Love Doctors Presents. Um, and it's, it's like a variety show for, um, like, um, what's the February 14 day, um, Valentine's. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like kind of a, it's kind of, um, like a Valentine variety show. It's, it can be like, everybody just does, it might be comedy or it might be right. like, it's just all of this. Um, um, it could, yeah. So, I, you know, I've done, I've done that. A few times. I love um, the David Carradine song. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. It was like the, yeah, the little, little song about like, you know, autoerotic asphyxiation. What says what Valentine's better for Valentine's Day yeah, than, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so uh, did you guys tour much before COVID? Did, were you guys? No, no, I've never actually, I've never been on tour. I would love to. Um, we've, uh, we were just starting to get some um, shows like through Pete at Indoxa. Right. Um, w- you know, with some of these touring bands that are coming through, which was pretty awesome. Um, I've never been on tour. We'd, you know, I'd like to, you know, yeah. at some point, maybe that, like, that's kind of my, I'd like to retire one day and like lose all my money. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> travel around and playing. Yeah. Yeah. That would just, be pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, when you came in, you noticed the, uh, the bottles from Cigar City that they did with, uh, Brian Schaefer for, for, uh, their anniversary. How long have you been working in that world? Beer. I started brewing beer professionally in 2005. Okay. I think. Okay. And I mean, it's really becoming quite a scene here. Uh, you know, I've, yeah, I, I went, uh, about a year or two ago, to Asheville and I've been to Asheville a couple times in my life, but I didn't realize until this last trip that it's like friggin' Napa Valley up in Asheville and it's really, you know, taking off down here. We moved into this building in 2017 and I started to see all these places popping up and now with the tours and everything else, it's rad. It's exciting. I'm, I'm hoping it continues to grow. Um, was Cigar City the first place that you started working in 2005 or? No, um, Scar City opened in 2009. Okay. Um, in 05, I was working for a, a brew pub chain called Hops. Okay. Um, so making beer, um, I started out in. Did you uh, learn on, on the floor there or did you know about it before then or? Yeah, I had brewed, um, I brewed a few homebrew batches in like the late nineties. And, um, when I lived in Maine, I, I brewed a little bit of homebrew. Not really that much. I didn't really get that good. And when I moved to Tampa, there just wasn't as much beer on the shelves in like 99, 2000. Like, when did the boom with like the artisanal, like the craft beer really kind of begin? Like, well, the Brewers Guild was founded in 1996. Okay. Uh, the Florida Brewers Guild. Okay. So that was, I mean, it was happening, but like it wasn't like really exploding. Like you had to kind of know about it and find it. And the problem was most of that beer was not on the shelf at the local gas station. Yeah, you have to or find you, it at like a kinky market or something. Not even. No. It, uh, just the bottle laws. It was like all the microbrew beer. You could go there and some, uh, you know, the, oh, really? like you couldn't even get growlers. So you go there, you drink it. And you leave. Like yeah. if you want good beer at home, you gotta make it. I mean, sure. by good like American craft beer, there was, you know, there were good imports on the shelves, right? Um, 
you know, but like if you wanted American craft beer um, on your shelf at the house, you had to make it. And then you went from hops to where? Uh, so, well, there was a little bit, so a little bit of a gap between we hops was closing down locations. Um, so I was kind of mercenary, like <laughs> mercenary brewer for hire. Yeah. yeah. For like, I worked with, um, like 1099 with like Orlando brewing and, um, you know, it's like working in the kitchen at Tampa Bay and there was, there was something, I, I think I did some 1099 work with cigar city. Um, are there was, a lot of you out there or is it a pretty select few of people who know what they're doing or back then? Yeah. Nah, there weren't, it wasn't really a very vibrant scene. Okay. Um, I mean, there was, it was a tight knit scene. Everybody knew each other. Sure. Um, so everybody was like, you know, like they all knew that I, I was talking about going back to construction really after hops close and, right. you know, um, the Dobles, the Tampa Bay Brewing Company and Wayne at Cigar City, they were like, no dude, don't do that. Don't do that. Just, you know, now, hang tight. And then I ended up at, at, um, CCB. I'm so, I'm so naive in this world, so I apologize if the, the questions I ask are stupid. But uh, are you coming up with new profiles for for beers, or are you involved in that part of it all? Or you know, do they say we want to come up with an IPA, or we want to come up with a blonde, or we want to come up with a lager, or we want to come up with whatever? Can you help us with? Kind of putting that together. How does that work? At what point then, or do you mean now? Well, I, I guess just in general, I'm asking that question. You know, how how does that work? You know, with these brewing companies when they come up with their different things, what like what goes into that? Oh, so, I mean, at Hops, I was mostly brewing corporate recipes, but okay. I did do some R and D with them. I brewed, um, you know, a pale ale that um, my boss at the time said was the best pale ale that he's ever had in his life before he dumped it all while I was out of town at the World Brewing Academy. Wow. <laughs> they were closing that location. I was oh gone. Like, oh my God. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Win yeah. some, lose some. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I made a, a stout there that got me kind of, it's, it's probably why Joey wanted to hire me. It was like this stout that you I made when I was at Hops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and Wayne, he, Wayne, Wayne kept, Wayne kept telling me like how much he loved that particular beer. But so anyway, but I mostly brewed their recipes. Um, and the same thing when I went to Cigar City, I mostly brewed their recipes. Um, you know, Wayne told me when I was at CCB, um, or asked me if I wanted to or told me that I should or however it was worded, um, just fill a tank, do something you want to do. Right. Um, so I did, uh, Tokabaga, um, at that point. And then, um, you know, I also, did the the moat water when I was at CCB? I haven't tasted um, it, but I love the bottles. I love the concept. Um, it was it was fun, man. That that project woke me up. Like working with you know Brian, those dudes at the skate park, and just yeah. doing like a like a non traditional collaboration. It was just like punk rock, and I was kind of like you know in a in a low spot personally a little bit. And this this project kind of Pulled really just of ca- big time, yeah, big time, and just kind of like yeah, just doing some punk rock shit. Like just doing, <laughs> let's just do something like wacky like we're gonna fill up liter bottles from the moat and dump that into the mash tun to make the moat water like how difficult is it like if you were a startup is it super expensive crazy expensive to get into to produce beer like you know it can be for sure where where does the expense come from the the hardware the yeah i mean yeah equipment is not cheap equipment is not cheap the construction is not cheap i've i've got like a kind of um bootstrap like kind of punk rock i've got some equipment that i've collected so like my startup 
that I'm working on is is real like cheap and I'm kind of banking on I mean comparatively it's not it's not it's not a small amount of money but compared to you know I could I could spend six times what I'm spending and 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 you you're know. doing this from home no I'm uh, for my startup yeah. is is going to be um deviant libation I'm putting that on um the same property with Tempest Projects and Crab Devil in the Peninsula area. Oh, wow. On, uh, That's going to be badass. All right. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because all these different people that I've interviewed, it's kind of the intersection between Devin and Brian and yeah. Elliot and all these other people. So, you know, it's getting to the point where like, I can't remember who I met you through, but yeah, no, Devin, that, that thing sounds amazing. I, I, and you know, the timing of it kind of worked out perfectly to where the construction of it, you know, the, you know, if they had, opened up a year ago it would have been a freaking oh nightmare. no yeah we would be um yeah i mean the yeah let's let's like funnel a bunch of people through shipping containers right. in, a, in a time when um we're not supposed to be within six feet of each right. other like now is this startup something that you're going to be doing in addition to your day job or or is that going to be the whole deal yeah so um so commerce brewing is a it's a production facility contract brewery we're brewing for other people and they like so i was introduced to those guys um um as people that would be potentially interested in investing in deviant libation. And sure. they were like, yeah, yeah. Also we're opening a brewery too. Do you want to be our director of brewing operations? And I, you know, at first I was like, I don't know, I'll think about it. You know, just kind of, it, um, they sold me on the idea. They, I mean, basically those, those guys want, they, they, they want, me to do other things. And the same as my counterpart, um, the general manager, um, Travis Kruger is also involved in other projects and like that, that's what they want. They're all involved in other businesses and they want us to be involved in other things and kind of, that's a good know, way to keep employees happy. If you don't like hem them in and you can't do other stuff. It's, it's the, uh, I mean, you know, right. It's they, they want us to, to you don't want to be the things. Jason Newstead of beers. You want to be, <laughs> be able to go out and do your moon unit or whatever the name of this side band was it got him kicked out of metallica um, yeah so uh and as far what's the job title again at the at the other brewing company you were just talking about the commerce commerce is uh i'm the director of brewing operations where's that place located uh we're, it's, uh we're on commerce drive okay in largo okay and so are you just kind of management overseeing people doing stuff or are you boots on the ground how does that work right now we're still like we're still kind of um we're still kind of growing. Like, right. I mean, everything kind of slowed down with COVID. We, you know, we've kept going. Sure. We've kind of kept, we've had uh, things to do, um, but our tanks are just getting to a point to where they're going to start being all full all the time, which is kind of the goal. I mean, you've got tanks, you want them all full. Um, so right, you're right, only making so right money now, if they're putting out. So yeah. So yeah. right now we've got a pretty bare bones staff. So I'm management and labor. Um, and, you know, as things become more vibrant, um, most likely I'll be more administrative. I don't, I don't see myself being like ever um, like I'm at a minimum going to probably always overlord the canning line until, um, until someone who can do it better than you, that you trust and you don't, (laughs) or, or like, or until the, the, you know, until my skill set is needed elsewhere more than overloading the boat. But I, but I have, Felt strongly for a long time that you want somebody who really cares a lot overlording the canning line, the pat where it's packaged is like it's the last chance to screw up. Like, so don't do that. Right. Like everybody's taking care all the way through. So like, let's just get it across the finish line. 
Now, do you are you do you partake in the product yourself? I mean, are you a beer drinker? Or? I love beer um, so much. Alcohol in general, like I I love drugs. Drugs are great, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are some of your favorite beers? Like, what, what did you, does it change over time, or do you have your go to? Or yeah, it really depends. I mean, you know, I love a good wit beer. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll probably always love a good wit beer, but you know, lately, like light lagers. You know, Hellas, like a nice German Hellas or a Dortmunder export, um, is really appealing to me. Even like I've, I, um, 2019 was going through, uh, planning phases, uh, for deviant libation. Um, like I was primarily planning on my brewery and not really doing much outside of that for most of the year and not working in a brewery every day. Um, it, I just didn't drink as much beer. Like sure. even when I went out to the bars, I wasn't drinking as much, but you know, it's like, I, I didn't really think about it. Like I, you know, well, I guess I, I had counted up how much I was drinking at times, you know, I was, I was drinking probably, you know, two or 300 gallons a year, um, for several years and, and I'll probably get to a point to where I'm drinking a lot more than I am. At current, right. um, which is not anywhere even in the vicinity of that. I mean, I have a couple beers a week usually right. Like, right. Right. lately, and it's just, but it's just like, I mean, I love beer. Um, I don't know. With deviant libation, are you going to have several different flavors or are you going to just- Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Variety is variety is the spice of life, man. You, um, yeah. The whole idea is like tiny brew house and like- um, it's not, I mean, I'll do some volume over at Commerce, but out of, um, Nebraska Avenue, I'm going to pump out small batch after small batch after small batch. And one of the things that I'm really stoked about over there, you know, I've been given a lot of opportunities, um, even all the way back to my first brewing job. Like they gave me opportunities to do something that I thought was good. And not everybody gets that shot, especially that early. Some people go long careers of doing what they're told, doing what they're told, doing what they're told before they get a chance to, you know, be creative. And right. so, um, I've got a couple guys that I want to, um, hire that I'm, that are, you know, they're on, they're on board. They're on the team. Um, the, they're all very super, super talented people. And I really want to build their names beyond what they are. You know, right. um, I, I really want to, I mean, I'm still going to do things that I want to do. Of course. Um, sometimes I'll brew them. Sometimes I'll hand a sheet to somebody. Um, but I also want my guys, I want my team to, um, to thrive, to shine. Like it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's a big deal to me to, to kind of grow that, um, that team atmosphere and, and everybody shines kind of together. Right. Like I. Sounds badass. I mean, you're brewing beer at a cool, you know, Art installation with an amazing band yeah. and looking to tour. Like I'm, my, I'm getting super jealous just thinking about it. Um, now, have you booked any shows at all for the band? Like, no, we have. We're just playing. Like, we're just playing. Um, we're writing songs. Yeah, we're. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I'm probably not showing it or communicating it well, but I was really impressed by the music. I thought it was pretty badass. Oh, cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was really right up my alley. And every time I have someone, like, I've had all sorts of different acts on, and I'm always, you know, love whatever everybody brings in. But every now and again, like, someone brings in something, and it's, like, spot on what I'm listening to, and I, and I really dig it. My buddy, uh, Greg, who, who plays in Wolfface, he uh, just recently, he, he he's the king of, like, just casually dropping like awesome 
you know, information without even much. But he's like, you got to check out this band next season that I was in back in the early 2000s. It was like a Star Wars hardcore band from Clearwater. And and it, it's been all I've been listening to for two weeks. It's nice. been amazing. We just got it moved over from Bandcamp to uh, Spotify, which just just for there's some a lot of people give me shit about spotify i know that they treat their artists like shit but it's it's a lot easier for me to share music with people on spotify than it is on Bandcamp because you can't sure do the playlist or share single songs and all this so now i, I have a paid spotify yeah. family account it was like probably one of my favorite best um, money holiday I ever spent. Presents. Yeah. I, I got my kids one of their holiday presents one year was like look I got a Spotify family plan. You guys have this now. Download this app. Yeah. Like, it's, put this on your phone. Now you have all of the music. Like, it's, from that perspective, it's amazing. I realize it's really changed the business model for, you know, professional musicians. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is, but from a, from a, from an ability to say, hey, here, listen to this band. It's just very easy. You know, my wife. Yeah, still- for me, it's like I've always been like, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to the show, like bands that I love. I'm going to support them every chance I'm gonna buy I their get. t-shirts, gonna, go to concerts. Yeah, do all this, t-shirt, yeah. CD. If I already have the CD or the like, I, you know, I don't even listen to CDs. I listen to vinyl. If they don't have any vinyl or the only vinyl they have is like, you know, something that I already have, buy a CD. I'll buy a t-shirt. Just buy, you know, whatever. Buy the buy the merch. Like I agree. So, I, I agree 100%. Um, so what are some of the bands you're listening to now? More of the same what you're talking about or Yeah. I mean, yeah, I listen to a lot of a lot of thrash, a lot of hardcore, a lot of Do you listen to the new Mr. Bungle? Um yeah, I I haven't listened to it all the way through, but I love what it like, dude, seriously, like Scott Ian and Dave Scott Lombardo. Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo are done. Yeah. Like like Yes. That Trace Bruins guy, I, I wasn't really aware of him, but he's a insane guitarist. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he was the least known person because Trevor Dunn had toured and done some stuff with, uh, the Melvins, who I like a lot. Yeah. And, uh, obviously Mike Patton, uh, Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo are like gods, but, um, most of the lead stuff, pretty much all the lead stuff on that album is that, uh, Spruance guy and it was insane. But no, it's, it's so good. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, the lyrics, which is always kind of a Mike Patton thing. But, um, they had a show that they aired on Halloween night called the, the night they came home. Yes. And I, I, I rented that and watched it. It was, it was so good. It was the closest to experiencing a concert that I've had this year. And it, it was like, I mean, it's not the the thing, but it's as close to the thing as I'm going to get for a while. And I, I, I dug it big time. Yeah. They, I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm a big Mike Patton fan as far as like his creative output is concerned. Like I, I love every, where he's like, at. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much everything. Like pretty much there. I don't, I cannot think of a single, like every Mr. Bungle album is like markedly different. Sure. I love all of them. Right. Like the, I mean, the most recent one, it's does not sound anything like a Mr. Bungle album. I don't, it like, And it's the first, it's their original demo. Right. Right. But I mean, it's like, it's like super like thrashy and like, I love thrash. Like it rules. I saw Power Trip open for a high on fire and I, you know, I was listening to them and I was like, these guys are like, they sound like all of the big four mixed in together. And I was like, what a throwback, what an amazing band. And then fucking guy just died and i'm just like you know that sucks they were right at the i mean they had a couple albums out but right at the beginning of their career but they were just epic and there's so many uh gate creeper full of hell um who are some of the other ones all pigs must die you know a little bit more hardcore thrash but there's it's it's really kind of i feel like coming back in a big way 
Um, or do you do many live shows? Do you go see many shows? Which, what? Yeah, when I when I can. That's, yeah, that's the. What that's are some the, of the the big ones that you remember? What is, what are some of the ones that have stood out in your? Oh show man, daughters, uh, daughters just friggin' ruled. Um, also, like Twin Temple surprised the shit out of me. Like I just, it was so, it was so good. Like I, I didn't know how bad I needed some doo wop right. in my life right. until I saw them. <laughs> I'm like, that shit ruled. What? Anybody else? Um, this is. The, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. This is the same thing I do with Elliot. Is I go back and listen to the show afterwards, and I write all these things down. So I go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually milking you for suggestions. Yeah. I and, mean, you know, Boris, uh, uniform. I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of my favorite shows were shows that that we got to play, and that's sure. always a different like energy for me. Is, right. Of like, you know, just getting into that headspace, and it just makes that show like you know being able to open for some band that I love like rules yeah and it just like i already love that band and so like you know like um i don't know like opening up for boris and like uniform it's like that was just like boris fucking rules right and yeah and uniform i had only heard a few times before but that's like i'm listening to those guys i'm like i'm just in this head i'm in a really good mood i'm like dude like I've never been like I've never been on tour. I don't know that I'm ever gonna ever be on tour. I would love to, but it's I don't know how realistic that is. But you know, I'm gonna share the stage with these guys right now. I'm gonna like try and warm this crowd up for these dudes. And like by the time they're playing, I'm just I'm in a I'm in a really fucking good mood. Like I just got it all out. Like I just got it all out. And now I'm like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What are you playing now? What type of guitar? Oh, I'm not even playing guitar in my band, but I mean, I play like lately I've been playing. Oh, you're just straight doing vocals. You're not just playing at all. Oh, wow. Band. I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay. Been, but I've been playing like a, I've got this GNL, um, ASAT, um, special. So it's got the jumbo MFD pickup. It's like a Telecaster, yeah. but, but with these big fat single coils. Sure. I've been playing that a lot lately. Very cool. Um, in my bedroom. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Well, uh, DB and Libation, is that something that when you're up and running, people are going to be able to find online or order or do that sort of thing? Or is it only going to be on the spot? Yeah, well, we will. Um, it's it's going to be primarily like um, on premise, sure. but we're also some um, I'm going to be applying for all of the um, all of the alcohol licenses. So I'm planning on doing all these um, cool different blends and having a lot of a lot of interesting and unique beverages um the likes of which i've never really had an opportunity to make in the past is kind of what i want to do over there and so a lot of it a lot of it's going to be um on premise facing and um with um i don't know just variety 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 and doing all these cool things and one offs and then kind of let the market dictate like you know because um i don't know like Everything that I do, like I do because I think it rules. Right? right. So that's just kind of my mindset. But that doesn't mean everybody else thinks it rules. Like, so, you know, like if I like what I think is amazing might not be what. So, like, I don't I kind of balance it all. Like, I'll just keep putting it out, putting it out, putting it out. And like whatever the market says, like, we want more of that. We want more. Like, that's what gets made. Well, like, that's, in, that's in bulk. That's I, I'm I'm super stoked for that whole deal the planetarium when he told me about it and everything that, or, I'm sorry peninsularium and everything that's going to be coming along with it I just I'm so stoked for Ebor Heights that whole area to grow even further and kind of you know that scene to to pick up um, I wanted to thank you so much for making the drive over here today it was awesome meeting you I love your music I, I'm hoping 2021 is the year of the path of 
increased indifference and deviant libation and just seeing everything take off for you. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Josh. All right. 